So welcome to TXF's Financing International Trade podcast live from Cybos. I'm joined here by Patrick de Vilbis, who is at CGI. Patrick. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm very well indeed. So we're kind of coming to the close of Cybos. Can you just give me an idea of, of, of how things have been for C CGI generally in, at, at Cybos and the, in the event itself? It's been, it's been a great Cybos for us this year. I think it's been very successful. We've certainly had a lot of engaging meetings. We've attended some really interesting sessions. Um, we were remarking recently that I think Cybos is one of those unique events that occurs. Uh, you have an opportunity to get in front of uh, decision makers throughout the financial industry. It's a real opportunity for us uh, to meet with our clients and engage uh, in a unique way. Can you tell me maybe the, the, the main um, technologies that people are in, your customers are interested in now? It, it, is it all about cloud-based? Uh, how are the banks actually evolving their cloud technologies? It's a very good question. Um, so we, we come from a, uh, I come from the trade side of the business. Um, and we're lucky enough to have a product ourselves that's SaaS-based that we've had in the cloud since 2001. Uh, so I think that has uniquely positioned us uh, in a market that has evolved almost to meet where we were quite a while ago. Um, we're seeing a lot of discussion um, around uh, a variety of different efficiency gains um, and technologies that can be used. In addition to that, we're seeing a lot of conversation around the networks that are being stood up. Um, so, in the former case, I would speak about uh, perhaps um, some uh, items related to um, intelligent process automation. Uh, so, we've had a, a variety of initiatives that have looked at intelligent data capture uh, recently. Uh, and in that space, uh, we actually did a POC last year, we did a, a big press release around it. Um, and we were looking to extract data um, from physical documents that unfortunately trade banks are uh, continuing to have to deal with uh, and to take that data into a digital format in an efficient way without having to have a person manually entering it or doing kind of just the old school OCR. It's a combination of OCR and then layering on top of it, uh, machine learning and intelligent, um, excuse me, artificial intelligence. Uh, and we are continuing to drive forward. So the next steps on it are to really um, look at other uh, potential opportunities um, to uh, utilize the technology uh, because we think it will be a major efficiency gain. It's really a, a way to take a single FTE um, and uh, give them multiple computer brains working for them effectively. Uh, and it, it cuts across not just the intelligent data capture piece, that's, that's the first in um, what could be a multi-channel offering uh, for IPA. Um, so you could take it into document examinations, for instance, you see it in things like chatbots, um, there's a variety of different areas that it's really become critical, but it hits that efficiency piece, right? And all banks um, across the board, I think, feel the strain sometimes uh, around how do you kind of reduce the bottom line um, so that you can be as efficient as is humanly possible, um, or in this case, is uh, not quite just humanly possible. <laughs> Robotically possible. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's mm. one piece of things, and I think the other big thing that we've been talking about here um, has been on the network side, so we know that there are a variety of consortia that have been stood up, um, and I think that's been uh, quite interesting to see. Um, I think that uh, you know our banks have, have uh, been looking at it. Um, we ourselves uh, at CGI and, and with our, our trade product have um, been kind of viewing the stand-up of networks, and we've really focused on uh, how we can interoperate um, in a digitally plugged-in world. I actually heard, uh, you know, one of my one of the uh, really interesting things I heard during uh, one of the Cybos presentations. And I, I think it was 
um, DBS that said it, um, but was the notion of uh, being invisible uh, to the client some of the time when you're banking. Basically just creating such a seamless experience um, that you're, you're really plugged in. And so with these networks being stood up, it's fantastic. You're seeing kind of um, these ecosystems coming together. That's great. Uh, but you really need to make sure that your back-end office is able to connect in seamlessly to make the experience for your clients as good as possible because those networks are only going to be successful um, if, one, you get the network effect of all participants joining, uh, and if, two, their experience is seamless because if you create the, the most wonderful, brilliant network with all the data you could imagine on it, um, and it's just a terrible user experience, no one's going to use it. It yeah. will fail. Yeah. I mean, just out of curiosity, because I mean, in terms of trade innovation, um, there's, there's been a feeling, somebody's asked me about the buzz of Cybos this year, and, and, and to a certain extent, the buzz has been less than earlier years because blockchain was seen as, woohoo, this is the big thing coming, and now there's proofs of concept that are coming out, um, but maybe next year lots of things will be sort of washing out, but uh, you talk about network effects, networks of networks, who's going to win? <laughs> so I think it's a great question. In fact, I was, um, as I was preparing for this, I, I was kind of thinking about it and turning it over in my mind and thinking about this Cybos, and one of the things that struck me was um, blockchain was talked about so much uh, at, at other Cyboses. Um, when it first came on the market, it was it's going to revolutionize everything. Uh, you, you know, the, the world will be different, uh, and it's going to happen six months from now. There's obviously always a bit of skepticism behind that, but I think what's fascinating now is it's not even, it's just an assumed, oh, this is another technology that we could be using. Um, so it's not really, uh, it's more about what the, how the banks are utilizing blockchain that's interesting. Um, and I think that's a really important distinction. So the underlying technology, great, fantastic. Um, but it's really what use cases are you standing up? What are you trying to solve? What, what are you thinking about with your clients? Um, and I do think uh, a variety of these networks, you know, I, I believe that they are uh, on the right path no matter what. Um, I don't think it's possible to point to a winner today uh, because I think oftentimes um, you don't know how the market will react. Um, it may be that there is something uh, in the network itself that stands out to you. Uh, it may be that there's a use case that was never even conceived originally. Um, right, so uh, you can think of examples where uh, perhaps you know something was started uh, for a purpose that's totally different. I, I can't, I can't remember. It was YouTube. It was started as a dating site and became a video site. Right? Um, you don't, you don't quite know where you're going, and I think it's really important for those networks to evolve the product based on the needs um, of the corporate and bank clients. Right? So I don't, I wouldn't point to a winner today, um, but I certainly think that there's very unique uh, thoughts and. Um, applications that are being stood up. Uh, you know, we at CGI, um, we're the technology partner for the Trade Information Network, so uh, I have an inherent bias, if you will. Mm. Um, but we, we definitely think that you know, the likes of Voltron and WeTrade and Marco Polo, um, they're, all, they're all trying to solve a problem within the industry. And I think the biggest piece of it, um, or, or the, the most influential item within the industry, is the collaboration of it. Right. Uh, I, I remember going to conferences uh, kind of four or five years ago, um, and the, the theme was always compliance. It was compliance, compliance, compliance. Um, you felt almost beaten down. Mm. Right? There was less energy behind product, less energy behind growing, um, and it was, all right, you know, the only money we've got is to throw at compliance issues, basically. And we've seen that shift, um, which has been driven somewhat by you know, blockchain coming out of, uh, not quite left field, but uh, at least getting some of that enthusiasm going. Mm. Um, and that has driven the collaboration element, which I think is what is groundbreaking. 
Um, and I, I'm hoping that you know this time around, uh, with some of these initiatives, it will get over the hurdle. It will have mass adoption, um, and you will have you know likely several wins. Um, quite frankly, uh, but that the clients will be better served, the banks will have more opportunity, uh, you're going to reduce risk, um, and you know, we'll continue to drive forward as an industry. It's interesting, I mean, you're talking about invisible banks, invisible tech providers, and the most visible person at this is going to be what, the client, I guess? Yeah. So this is the this is the sort of like this is the new the new way of looking at it. Yeah, also, I, yeah. I think that's a piece of it, right? So yeah. um, there's an element where you have to tie in based on your clients' needs, yeah. right? Um, I, I think that's that's highly critical. Um, but it could be that you know some of these networks take the the front facing piece. It could be that you're plugging into um, you know three or four different networks, right? And it just depends on what your client needs are. And, and to that end, I wouldn't say that the front facing facing piece is necessarily the client. We don't know what that would may be in the future. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the the interoperability piece, the ability for you to um, expose what it is you do uh, within your bank uh, to multiple different networks, I think that's really really important to to seamlessly plug in. Um, so whatever that, that front-facing element may be, that you can meet that need um, and flexibly meet it too, right? Uh, because as you said, on the, the winners and losers side, um, and in particular with some of the networks we're talking about, you don't know. It could be one thing that you're invested in today, but you don't want the, um, the cost of shifting to be so onerous that it's unacceptable and you have to you know, bet the farm on one network versus another. Because yeah. uh, it's just not feasible, um, and modern modern technology architecture should allow you to, um, you know, be flexible in your approach. Yeah, and I guess the the corporate end user is not particularly wanting to have to change constantly. Absolutely, they they want. So um, all the studies that I, I, I've seen or that have been talked about, um, or engagements that I've been involved in, the clients just want it to be easy. They don't want to work hard, um, and I think that you know we we had. Um, in the past, the bank got to kind of play the central role to own the entire relationship, to own every element of it. It's kind of not forced, but to bring clients through their own process. Um, and, and now I, I think the transition is a little bit different um, and the environment's a little bit different. Uh, and your client just uh, generally wants an easy, seamless experience. If they're using your portal, they're gonna want it to be user-friendly, they're gonna want it to be easy. If they're using some other um, you know, third-party vendor, they want you to be able to plug into that mm. third-party vendor and provide the same services. Uh, and if you can't, then you know there's risk that you may be disintermediated in some way. Are you finding? I'm seeing a lot more banks collaborating with each other. Are you finding fintechs collaborating with each other so much? That's an interesting question. Um, I think I haven't seen a ton of fintechs collaborating with each other. Um, I think it's based on incentive. What I've certainly seen is um, when you have a fintech that's driving, uh, let's say with one of the networks um, that are being stood up, uh, there is an incentive for the participants in the network to be able to play together. Um, and they know, they know the notion that uh, one winner is probably not the path forward. Um, so I think to that extent, um, they then force the hand of the fintech and say, hey, look, you know, we're we're we know that there is another network you're going to need to communicate to. We know there's another fintech you're going to need to communicate to. Um, we want to facilitate that, uh, and I think when that occurs, there there is some um, conversation. And it also speaks to uh, some of the uh, initiatives around standards, for instance. So, I think maybe you know, 
perhaps right now there isn't as much direct, I, I have a network here, I have a FinTech here, I'm, I'm coordinating or um, communicating with one another. Um, but there are initiatives to say, we need to have a set of standards uh, in trade to be able to drive forward. And that means we have to collaborate together and work together. Um, so the UTN, uh, which I think the ICC just recently um, took over as a figurehead um, leading as, it. As DSI, yeah. as, as it's currently named. Yeah, yeah. oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, it, it, it's, 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 an interesting, it's an interesting movement that the ICC is now taking over to a certain extent as a standards-making body that this makes a certain amount of sense from the point of view of the industry. How, how, do, you, how do you guys fit in, with, fit in with that? So I think it's a, it's a great initiative and it's a natural place for the ICC to be at. I think it's an absolute necessity within the market. Um, We've certainly seen it on our side, so you know we we've got a, uh, a fantastic back end uh, that we just re-architected to have uh, be API driven, two thousand fine grained endpoints. But at the end of the day, you can set yourself up to be able to communicate to other channels. But if you don't have that standard of how you're going to communicate, it just becomes challenging, and you don't want every integration to uh, be a pain for yourself, for your clients, for anyone. Um, and so the ICC uh, or um, bodies similar to the ICC stepping in and saying, all right, we're going to bring the industry together to work on some of these standards, I think is, is great. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it's what you really need. The only thing that I, I hope happens is that it's not too slow moving. I think that um, the call to action is now. Uh, and the reality is that uh, in the space, in the market, things move quickly. Absolutely. And, and yeah. that's where it's challenging. I can say this as, as someone who uh, worked for a trade association for a period of time. Um, sometimes it, it, it's just difficult to get processed through because you bring so many actors together um, and, and it can take a bit of time. And that's where you, know, you hope that you don't miss the market, if you will. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that I heard uh, that was coming out of one of the presentations I attended was, hey, we're solving problems today for something that happened five years ago. We need to be solving for problems five years from now, 10 years from now. So we need to have a little bit more of the eye towards the future rather than um, solving something that's in the past. Oh, that's interesting. Um, it, uh, we're obviously at a SWIFT event. Um, how is SWIFT's involvement in, in trade uh, working with you guys? I mean, do, do, you, do you have any, any interaction on the SWIFT side? So we certainly, we, we facilitate with SWIFT. Um, you know, all of our banks utilize SWIFT as a communications tool, so we're very reliant on them. They've been good partners with us. Um, as I said, this event itself, fantastic. We love coming here every year. Um, I think that they still continue to play a really critical role in the industry um, and, and that's that will continue. Yeah. Just on our, our last question then, just on, on, in terms of your views for the future, if we sit here or wherever uh, Cygos will be in five years time, yeah. how do you see the market, how do you see CGI evolving? So uh, from our side, I think that we, we really have bought into kind of that plug-in to um, the environment. So I think you will see a variety of these um, networks solving certain problems. Um, I think that will cut across, you know, traditional trade. It will cut across supply chain finance. Um, likely, you're going to start to see other elements of it come in, right? Because you can imagine, uh, you start with a GPI connector, right? Suddenly, you've got your payments traveling through as well. Um, and I, from our point of view, right, we we believe that uh, you need to have a platform provider who's sitting at the back end of that who's able to connect seamlessly, who's able to provide the digital experience for you at the bank side and to meet your customers' needs. Um, and, and I think that, that that kind of network of networks, that's going to be there. 
Um, so there will be a lot of interplay uh, and you know, whether it's going to be built on one particular technology or another, whether it's going to be one particular network that wins out or another, I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I believe that that's, that's really going to be what the market looks like. Fantastic, Patrick. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, Thank you for having me. Enjoying the, the cyber sooth down. I think that's <laughs> moved down. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.